This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is Central Texas Life with Ann Harder. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Central Texas Life. Ann Harder with you. And it is a joy for me to introduce you to our fourth and final candidate for the Waco Symphony Orchestra music director, conductor position. And he is maestro David Itkin, who comes to us. You from Texas? Uh, no, I'm from Oregon, but I live in but Texas. But you live in, I live meaning, in Texas. Meaning you're. Right. you're from now. I, I, I <laughs> am from now. That's <clears throat> Texas, because, you, I mean, you've been at the University of North Texas now for 15 years, 15 years right. and a conductor of the Abilene Philharmonic right. for almost 20, for, I mean, 19, 20. 19 right. years. Yeah. But prior to that, you had, you've just gone everywhere and done everything, <laughs> more than a thousand performances and, and all over the world and the United States. Um, so you've been in Waco, and it's been a whirlwind, I know, because we keep yes. you very busy. Yes, very busy the last few days. <laughs> Meeting a lot of people. And, oh, by the way, some rehearsals with also. the orchestra. So, uh, yeah, it's what, how, what's your take on Waco, Ben? Well, you know, I've been in Waco before, but only a few times, because actually my stepson went to Baylor. Oh, that's great. I don't know A little, little bit ago, a little bit ago, he yeah. got his bachelor's and his MBA here. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I have been in and out of Baylor um, a number of times for that reason, and I've been here also to be on the campus and interface with the music faculty Yes. Uh, before I came here, mm-hmm. um, judge the Baylor uh, concerto competition I was asked to judge, oh. and that was a, a privilege and great fun to hear those students play uh, just a year ago, mm-hmm. and I was here once to hear Waco Symphony play. Oh, very good. Also, so I've been here a few times before this, but I've never been you know, spent anywhere near this much time here. <laughs> and and my colleagues who live in Waco have told me many times uh, that they love living here and that uh, the town is much bigger and, and much more vibrant than one maybe might guess. You know, it's if, it's, if you're just driving through like most people <laughs> exactly. do on Interstate 35. That beautiful big, you see that beautiful big stadium. Yeah. And then you see a freeway, and then you're done. And yeah. you don't really experience Waco at all. And, uh, but now I have, and uh, they, were, they were right. It's a, <laughs> it's a much larger and, and much more interesting and vibrant place than you, know, you would know if you just cruised through on the freeway. Oh, well, we're, we are glad. We're so happy to welcome you here. And it's just been a, a joy for me as a member of the selection committee to, to go through this process and get to visit with musicians of such stellar caliber and uh yet with such different different journeys i guess mm-hmm. in a way but and so we'll be talking about the music that will be happening in the concert um and part of the process is is the selection of those pieces and we'll be talking about that but but first uh, i do want to know a little bit more about you you are from 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 oregon <laughs> but right. so what kind of led you into the world of music did you always know you wanted to do this kind of work or you know i've thought about that a, a lot of times in my life i thought about did i always know i was going to do this but i have a funny memory actually and i i was i was in music as many people are early in yeah. life yeah uh, in fact i was i was doing professional work at 15 and Were I, was, you really? I was being paid to conduct when i was 16 Really, and uh, so that's an odd kind part. of a prodigy. It's already an odd part that, of the journey. <laughs> I guess it <laughs> and, would be. And my journey's been different than many, many kind of more traditional paths of of many conductors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I still remember that even while I was involved in music at nighttime, you know, in high school, but it was you know, of course, nighttime where the professional work happened. I remember my counselor in high school. I was a junior, 
and uh, or maybe a senior. And, uh, and she said, uh, so, you know, what are you thinking of, of doing next? And I remember so clearly saying, I'm thinking about law school. Okay. But why? But why would I have said that? So but but you it, hadn't, it just sort of came out. It sort of came out of my <laughs> mouth, right. And I think it was because I think that if I said, well, you know what I already do. I'm kind of in this world. Right. I'm, I'm sort of you have already my, were, have yeah. my toes in the professional music sure. making world. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's what I'm going to do. I think that I thought, isn't this funny how we are when we're kids? Yeah. Uh, I think I thought I'd be laughed at. Oh, I, I, oh. I think I thought I would it be taken It would be odd. Seriously. That it would be, well, no, that's for, that's for you know, real stars. That's not for you. Right, um, right, right. You know, you know, you're doing good, David, but, you know, come on, get serious. And, <laughs> and I think that's why I said it in hindsight. Oh. Uh, but I, and, and, and weirdly enough, I actually did go to law school, but way le- when I was 40. Did you really? I went to law school. Uh, but that's a whole, we don't need to talk about that. that <laughs> I actually went to law school for fun, uh-huh. not to be a lawyer. And I had a blast, but that was not... That's a whole different well, that, thing. Well, that's my middle son has started law school at age 40 because he always wanted to do it. Well, that's, so that's amazing. So funny. Well, I hope, I hope he enjoys it as yeah. much as I did. I think he, I think I, he thrilled. Really and I is. learned a ton that actually served me in yeah. my musical career in certain ways. I'll bet. Uh, so that's actually been helpful. And I yeah. loved learning about the law. It was just, and I got to enjoy it because my colleagues, who were all 15 years younger than me, uh, couldn't really enjoy it because they were so stressed out. And that's exactly what Joel is finding. Right. So anyway, but yeah, no, yes. True. So so back in high school, uh, I was did have my toes dipped in that world mm-hmm. and, and got my first opportunities to conduct sort of semi-professionally. It was in Broadway musicals, right? Um, in on the West Coast, not on Broadway. Mm-hmm. But I was doing conducting for Broadway shows when I was. 16. Oh, they travel all over the country, right. so 16, of course, yeah. So Sixteen and seventeen years old. Did you have a favorite show? Oh, I have so many favorite shows. <laughs> I love Broadway shows, and it's one of the reasons I love doing. Pops concerts yeah. with orchestra because a lot of that repertoire is from Broadway, sure. mm-hmm. and because it's kind of the music uh, where I grew up, uh, I came to serious music a little bit later, oh. and and so because that's the music I grew up with as a as a pit musician and as a conductor, uh, it's it's near and dear to my heart, and it's one of the reasons I love doing symphonic pops concerts. Well, I got to um, to see you at the uh, Symphony Council brunch that we always have visit with a conductor, and then you tell us about the, the selections we'll be hearing at the concert. Um, and there was a keyboard set up for you, and and you you know were using that. So did you start out with piano? What other instruments do you do? Is that? I started out with piano and percussion at roughly the same time. I was about mm-hmm. seven, probably kind of a normal oh, age. Oh, a seven-year pra- uh, seven-year-old practicing drums. That uh, right, yeah, my parents loved that, as you can imagine. <laughs> um, and then I, I actually was in some rock bands as a drummer. Were you really? Not too long after that, uh-huh. uh, junior high and high school. Sure. And then in high school, I also... They always need a drummer. <laughs> well, they, thank goodness. Uh, they all, and I, I picked up the trumpet also in high school. Uh-huh. After that, I played the violin for a while, though I really only played the violin just as function to, to um, help my conducting career. Exactly. And I, uh, I have learned, you know, worked. they have their marks that have to be right. put on the music right. for the bow. Right? You know, most right. people don't think about. Right. But, yeah, the, the strings are pretty crucial. Pretty crucial. And yeah. it's important that conductors have a, a, a good functional understanding right. of mm-hmm. how everything works, even if we're not players at the level of the people in the orchestra. We need to understand all these different things. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we play something in all these different areas at some point in our lives. So, and also, I was a singer for quite some time. Really? I okay. was actually made my living as a singer and as a singing teacher 
at one point. This is a bit ago. Oh, my goodness. So there was all of that at yeah. some point or other. Uh, that, that is just fascinating. I mean, so well-rounded in, in your musical uh, experiences. I mean, that's, but, but again, it's the conductor that kind of pulls it all together. Yes. You know, when you're, I, I know you've conducted operas and um, choral things and all that sort of thing. And so it's important that you, you understand the process right. of uh, your performers and everything. Right. And having been a singer for some years is really, really fantastically helpful when I work with singers because yeah. they, they know that I understand them and I understand mm -hmm. their problems. Yeah. And uh, a lot of conductors who have never sung or who haven't spent enough time with singers. Uh, think they're just human instruments. They're just, it's like, it's like a clarinet, but there's a human being attached to it. Yeah. And it's not like that at all. No. Because what they do is incredibly difficult and very different from what instrumentalists do. Mm -hmm. And they do it in a different way and they think differently about it. Yeah. And it can catch a cold. And, well, and that's, <laughs> boy, that. did you ever hit it on the head is, is, you know, the clarinetist can catch a cold, but the clarinet can't catch a cold. <laughs> exactly. And, and, um, and the clarinet, the clarinet <clears throat> doesn't, get the adrenaline or the emotions of the person who's had a bad day. Yeah. The player may have had a bad day, but the clarinet didn't have a bad day. Yeah. So the clarinetist, if they can tune it out, the instrument still functions. When a singer has had a bad day, for whatever reason, all those emotions are right up, right up there. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. And, and, and flooding that instrument. And it's very, very difficult for them. And yeah. it's, a, it's a tough life. Singers have a tough life because of this emotional and physical connection to the instrument that they carry around with them 24-7. Mm. Yeah, I've never heard it stated quite as beautifully, but yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it's, uh, it's, well, it's, it's neat. It's neat to hear that uh, aspect of your, of your background. But, so let's uh, go ahead and start talking about the, the actual concert. I know um, part of the process in our um, candidate search has been for you to conduct a selected piece that's already been pre-programmed all four of you have had that uh, part of the component, and then you program around that to um, give a, a sense of what you think a Waco audience is going to love. And so let's talk about uh, the concert that you've been preparing for this week. Um, it's going to start off with, uh, a, with, a, with a new Right. Modern, right. <laughs> modern piece, yeah, right. yeah. Well, it's a uh, and 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 uh, I mean we're going to be careful about the word modern because that turns some people off. But yes, it, well, is, a, it is a new piece for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Clarice Assad is a living uh, Afri uh, an African American, a Brazilian American mm -hmm. uh, composer, and uh, she wrote this piece, Bonecos de Olinda, about Carnival in northeastern Brazil. In and, Brazil, and, yeah. And her impressions, because from her childhood, of. The, it's this event where they carry these gigantic puppets, the, the bonecos, mm -hmm. and they carry them in the streets in a, in a kind of a parade. Yeah, we've seen pictures. And, you know, of that. and uh, she writes this music that also she takes the musical ideas in the, in the, in the piece from the street music mm -hmm. that is heard uh, called Maracatu, and it's, it's, it's played along with this festival. And there would be roving bands of players and, and street drummers and all of this lively uh, rhythmic uh, sense of the Brazilian music comes into the orchestra for this fairly short piece called um, Bonecos de Olinda. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll, I'll bet the uh, musicians are having fun. Yes, with it's, that. it's actually it's actually quite tricky, but I think they are having fun. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Good. And <coughs> I was fascinating to, to fascinated to hear you're going to do a Strauss um, work, and it and it's centered around Don Juan, but a totally different take on Don Juan. Yes. And you have invited a narrator. 
right. for this. So, yeah, tell us about that. This is a, a unique element that, of course, uh, Richard Strauss's uh, Don Juan, his tone poem, often played. Fad fantastic, e extremely difficult piece. Uh, mm. It's actually on all string why, auditions. Why is it so difficult because the way Strauss writes for orchestra is hard <laughs> he it's it's extremely noty it's extremely technical it starts with one of the most famous most feared audition excerpts uh, in our repertoire every string player in virtually every professional orchestra the beginning of Don Juan is on their audition really all the time and when you hear the beginning of Don Juan you will know why I'll know why because yeah. it's extremely <coughs> difficult uh, and they always say what's on the audition well first page of Don Juan of course it's on every string audition. Violins, violas, cellos, always. Because it is so technical and so difficult. And the whole piece is like that. Mm. And he writes this e exuberant music to reflect the, you know, the character we all know. The young, dashing uh, w ladies' man. Yeah, Don, womanizer. Yeah. Don Juan. Yeah, of course. Uh, but this, as you said, this, this uh, music tells the story differently because the poem by Nicholas Lenau from which Strauss took his direct inspiration to write the piece, tells the story slightly differently. We always think of Don Juan because of the way it's usually told, Mozart's opera Don Giovanni comes to mind and others, that Don Juan dies as a young man. Hmm. He dies by violence, yeah. usually at the hands of somebody to whom he's done wrong, or the father or, or, the father or boyfriend or husband, or husband yeah, of yeah. someone he's done wrong. Right, right. And he always dies young, and that's a central point of, mm -hmm. central element of the story in, in, in its many, many retellings. But in Nicholas Lenau's poem, he doesn't die young. And the poem is uh, Don Juan speaking from the perspective of an old man, oh. looking back on his, um, what shall we say, adventures, and uh, reminiscing with a certain level of joy, but also with a great deal of regret, and mostly with remorse uh, about, not remorse, with um, um, sadness about the fact that the worst possible thing has happened to him, mm. which is not to die, but to not die. Yeah. It, to be old, to be a, a famous, handsome, dashing ladies' man, who is now none of those things. Not anymore. Who is now old and kind yeah. of tired and useless, oh. and that's worse than death. And the piece ends with those words. And I've incorporated uh, a narrator who will read little bits of the Lenau poem mm -hmm. at selected points during the orchestra's playing oh, it's to be help so us great. along with what, how the thinking of Don Juan relates mm -hmm. to the music. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and tell us about, it's a friend of yours. That you it know. is, a colleague from North Texas, bass baritone Stephen Morschek. He's actually a singer, uh -huh. a very fine singer. Uh, but he has this, uh, being bass baritone, he has this magnificent um, speaking voice and also is a fine actor. So uh, Stephen agreed to come here with oh, me and uh, do act as our narrator. All right. And the big work is the Brahms. Brahms Fourth Symphony, his last symphony. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of my truly, truly very favorite pieces on the planet. Really? really? Always has been. I, I always ask that because, you know, it's kind of like pick your favorite child, but, well, you know, picking your favorite uh, work, so you're of, telling of, me this is pretty much out it. Out of Brahms' four symphonies, I'm willing to pick my favorite child. This, this is okay, okay. This, yeah, this I mean, is it. and they are all, it, it, it is difficult because because he only wrote four symphonies, they are all truly unique and, and very special in their own very unique ways, but the fourth has always been my favorite. And he, he kind of finds himself. Well, he's he's yes, in the work. He's, he's done finding. It's true. He's yeah. been finding himself during the process of writing four symphonies. He starts <laughs> very much a kind of a, a child of Beethoven mm -hmm. and a, 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 a sycophant 
of Beethoven in his first symphony, and then as he progresses, he's finding his own voice in the symphonic form. And by the time he gets to this, he has so many brand new things to say and, and really is looking, uh, and I'm going to speak to the audience for a moment from the stage before we play the Brahms, but he is, uh, he is looking forward instead of looking backward. In his, in his mm. early symphonies, he's looking backward, uh, yeah. sort of hoping Beethoven likes him. Uh, uh, you know, so the, and Beethoven's dead, of course, by this point. But uh, I get it, though. Ho hoping he can somehow please the spirit of Beethoven and not be ashamed of himself. Oh. But as as he gets to the last symphony, he's looking forward, and sort of daring the people who come after him to be as good as him, mm -hmm. rather than the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, it's 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 going to be great, and. You you've had the opportunity to work with uh, with our orchestra. You're just your take on the right <laughs> without specifics. <laughs> well, on on the I, you know I I just feel our our Waco Symphony is just stellar, and we have so many Baylor professors yes. who play in it, and and uh, of course folks who come in from out of town to play in it as well. But a goodly number of of students, uh, we call mm -hmm. them our interns, right? Uh, Baylor musicians, and who are top flight. I mean, the Baylor mm -hmm. Symphony is top flight. So just you know your 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 thoughts. Well, it isn't. You're you're in bringing up an interesting subject. It is uh, unique among professional orchestras, right? Uh, maybe not the only one, but but there aren't many mm -hmm. who have this unique combination of uh, you use the word interns of of you know perhaps two thirds to three quarters professional players, and then this intern component of fifteen mm -hmm. to twenty of the of the more uh, skilled Baylor students, and that is a very interesting mix uh, to have worked with them uh, at, at, and and help them amalgamate into one whole rather than feeling like you know yeah. two different camps. And we've been working at that uh, all week long. Mm -hmm. Good. But I, and I know you have a lot of experience. Obviously, that's what you do. Your day job is working my, with my students, day, my day job student is musicians, but, but also a lot of high school. I mean, I think you you're, uh, did the Texas All-Region Honors Orchestra. Right. And, and so, you know, even younger, right. younger musicians. So it's not new to work with young oh, musicians. Oh, no, no, not at all. <clears throat> not so, all. As you say, that's my day job. <laughs> uh, my orchestra at, at UNT is, is mostly is mostly juniors and seniors and graduate students. Yeah. And uh, so that's a slightly different mix because the, the top orchestra at UNT, there are two symphony orchestras at, mm -hmm. at UNT because of the size of the sure. school. Um, so the, the undergrads are mostly in the, the orchestra I don't conduct. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a little bit different mix, but in many ways very similar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, that's great. I mean, that kind of gives you a, a different perspective, you know, with working with a Baylor uh, orchestra. Um, also, you're an author. I mean, you're a, it's a textbook, I guess, in a way, uh, but con conducting concerti right. in 2014. Um, it's a lot of, lot of praise for that Thank work. You. In fact, it said um, Leonard Slatkin called your book a valuable textbook for the aspiring maestro, highly recommended. He was very kind. Leonard yeah. was very kind. Yes, that book was published in 2014, and then two years ago, um, GIA Press in Chicago published a, a, what is really, really a textbook uh, for, a, for an advanced um, university level, rather like my program, and I use it in my program. It's, mm -hmm. it's kind of the, the materials I've cobbled together over the first decade or so that I worked at UNT, and they were you know, in terrible shape. They were things I cut and pasted and handed out to my students and said, we're gonna work on this. Yeah. And, fine, and one of my students finally said, uh, well, why don't you put this in some <laughs> form that book. is not such a mess? <laughs> and, and, That's and, a good idea. And he was right. 
And so that, together with other materials that needed to go with it if it was going to be out in the public, became mm -hmm. this uh, this thing called the conductor's craft. Yeah, awesome. That I mean, that is that is so neat that you have done all that. Um, well, you know, it's it's been a delight to to get to hear, you know, what you think about um, the music and is is there like a, a dream. Uh, concert program well, if you were just going to say this would be my favorite program to do what oh what would gosh. be on it you know that, that now uh, you say you love pops and of course oh, you but, know that's but but you know now you really are on to pick your favorite child <laughs> <laughs> you really are yeah uh, I, i've been asked many times uh, what what's your favorite piece of music and i, I someday i'm going to come up with a good answer to that yeah. question i don't have one because honestly and it's, this sounds so uh so incredibly false what I'm about to say, but it actually is true. And, it, and not only is it true, but it has to be true, which is that the most important pieces of music in the universe are the ones in front of me. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's really true. I, I, this that's week, true. This week that's it's true. the uh, Assad and Strauss and Brahms. And Brahms, yeah. And I can't imagine what another program even looks like, but yeah. by next week I will. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'll be off to different repertoire. And uh, I, it, that really is how it is, because yeah. we have to attack every piece of music and every rehearsal and every program with that same level of commitment. Uh, and the orchestra knows when we're not. Mm -hmm. The orchestra knows when we're not really committed to the music that's in front of us. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I know you've had the opportunity to work with several of our musicians in the right. past, because, you know, you're sort of based in North Texas, and I'm sure many of them travel over, and you, you do so much conducting, you know, in other, in other areas. Yes, well, I, there are uh, maybe <laughs> half a dozen musicians in common between yeah. the Waco Symphony and the Abilene And Abilene, I figured, I said I bet a lot so of them travel that, And that was lovely for my first day here to you have see familiar some, faces? some familiar faces was yeah. really nice. I'm sure, I'm sure that has been true. Um, well, I mean, it, it's, I'm trying to think of what other area we, we need to touch on. And so I, what I, I like to do is um, ask my guests to, to answer a little questionnaire. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> All right. It's, it's similar to the one that the uh, late, great James Lipton would use on Inside the Actor's Studio. Ah, so this is my take on it. And I love it. that show. Okay, I know. I, know, I miss that. I, I love I just, him. That was so. So. Oh, shoot. I should have been paying more attention now because I could guess what they are. If okay, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be thinking. All right, okay. All right, what, all right. What is your favorite word? My favorite word? Wow. What is my favorite word? us that's great i've never i have all my guests in the last three years i've never heard that i love that though and especially as a conductor it is it's i mean you're the guy we're seeing the back of <laughs> but <laughs> but it is an us that is bringing the but final what we product do is an us thing it's not yeah, anything it's definitely all right thank you what is your least favorite word oh that one's easy because I just answered the question, it's I. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, it's, it's absolutely my least favorite word. In spite of the fact that what we do tends to focus attention on us, I'm actually very private. And uh, I, this part's fun for me. I, I don't, lots of people who are very private hate this or, or right. being on TV or giving a speech. I, right. I don't hate those things at all. I love them. Oh, that's good. Uh, partly because I grew up in the theater and my dad was an actor. And so that, that singer, that all, performer, that I mean, feels, you've done it all. That all feels very natural to me. But the, the idea that the music is about me is yeah. fantastically false. 
and it's what kind of what our conducting culture has become. Mm -hmm. and, and I try to do my little bit, not much, but I do my bit every day to fight that. Oh, that's, 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 what, this, that's what music has become. Hmm. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Oh, in spite of the fact that I'm a very private person and I don't really consider myself a people person, uh, I, I don't know why that is, but I, I don't. I like quiet and I like mm -hmm. private time. Right. It is, in fact, doing this with people. And I think one of the many reasons that I ended up a conductor and not a pianist and not a singer, mm -hmm. uh, I was not a singer because I wasn't as good as my colleagues, but uh, is because it is something done with people. Yeah. So what, what turns me on is the doing with people. I love study, and a lot of our job as conductors is done in a, in a closed room with nobody else there and no other stimulus because we have to study. A lot of our life is not in the room with musicians. It's study. Correct. Oh, yes, right. But what really turns me on about the thing is, is the people, is mm -hmm. projects, and especially unique projects, with people and with new colleagues. Yeah, again, a reference to the us. Yes. <clears throat> well, then what turns you off creatively, emotionally, or spiritually? I don't like the end of things. Hmm. I'm, um, I get very stressed about the ends of things. Oh. And that's all things, whether that's family, it's music, it's this or that. Yeah, oh, interesting. What sound do you love the most? I love asking that of What's a conductor. <laughs> wow, what sound do I love the uh -huh. most? Well, our whole universe is sound. That's mm -hmm. a, wow, do I, is that, that, now you're back to my favorite child. Uh, what sound <laughs> do I love the most? Uh, what sound do I love the most? Um, no sound. Oh. Um, silence is my favorite sound, actually. Because it's funny because I'm working on a third book right now. I, it's it's headed to the publisher. Oh, good. Next week, for first first tearing apart and reviewing by them, and the it begins with the words "silence is everything," and it's it's about music and how we make music. It's also to a certain degree a memoir, but it's also a book about how we make music, and it starts with the words "silence is everything" because. We, that is our blank canvas, hmm. uh, just like a painter or a, a right. writer's blank page. Uh, we, when there's sound all the time, and it's very difficult in this world mm -hmm. to get away from sound. Correct. Uh, when there's sound all the time, we never have a blank page. Hmm. And we need to find silence, whether that's in our heads or in our hearts. We've got to find silence because we can't start drawing until the page is empty. Yeah, right. Then what sound do you hate? Oh. <laughs> really bad for a torn? I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, the problem is the list is too long. <laughs> uh, I hate loud cars, mm, and I hate, mm, oh, yeah. I hate machinery. Yeah, uh, cacophonous kind of Yeah, sounds, it's, it's incredibly, and I sound like I'm a little snowflake, and I'm really not, but... Uh, <laughs> Because I, I spend a lot of time walking my dog, and that's where I get quiet time. Yeah. And uh, the more I walk my dog, the more sensitive I become to how noisy the universe is, mm -hmm. even in a quiet even in a quiet neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, and we live in a normal sort of we live in Plano. Mm -hmm. it's a, 
normal suburban area. It's not like I live next to door to, on top of the freeway or something, but but uh, it's amazing how much noise there is. And I walk my dog early in the morning, about six o'clock, six thirty. You would think it would be quiet, wouldn't yeah. you? And it's the school bus that needs repair, by the way. Oh, I know. And Squeaky it's, it's the guys doing the, with the leaf blowers oh. in somebody's lawn. And it's the guy who, who got, his, got his car supercharged, mm-hmm. so it goes vroom, vroom when it goes by me. Mm-hmm. That makes me a little nutty. Yeah. All yeah. that noise. Okay, got it. What <laughs> other profession would you like to have tried? You talked about law school. Oh, well, that would have been it. <coughs> yeah, I, yeah, a lawyer. I, I, I would have been a lawyer and a judge. Aha, uh-huh. I can see you doing yeah. that. I can see Absolutely. you doing that for sure. What or, job? Or, or president, but it's just too complicated now. <laughs> That's so very complicated. So we're going to stick with lawyer and judge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then what job do you know you do not want? Oh, it's funny you should say that because I know exactly what it is. Because I had a, a lovely uh, tour of the Baylor Music School the other day uh-huh. with the dean, Gary Mortensen. Oh, yeah. And I said to him, I wouldn't do your job <laughs> for all. Because the people who are great administrators, yes. uh, he, he, he here at Baylor, my dean at, at UNT, many others that I have met, I have so much respect for people who are really, really great administrators yeah. because I would be terrible at it. I would be terrible at it and I would hate it. Mm. And so the people who do it well, I really admire. I mean, early in my career, I taught junior high and high school for one year. Stars in your crown, Oh, man. <laughs> no, no. Because I was really bad at it. And, <laughs> and I am utterly unfit. You were all learning. Um, some of my professional colleagues who at some point in a conversation find out that I taught junior high and high school for uh-huh. one year, just kind of their eyes go uh, Yeah, I know. I'm and, and they go, wow, that had to be bad. And, and it was. But you, <laughs> take was. The, you take the job early on that you can yeah, get, of course. Yeah, but you know and, you can make a big impact but, on a budding musician. Well, but, <laughs> and, but similarly, it has given me a lifelong appreciation for the people who do that and do it well and do it with a great heart and want to go to school every day. Yeah. Uh, they are amazing and I could never do what they do. Yeah, because those kids grow up to come to your program at the University we, of North Texas. Can, or, or, and, you know? or come to sit in the audience or, for the Waco Symphony. Oh, yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Uh, well, one last question. What do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Hmm. Um... It was better than you thought. <laughs> you did better than you think. <laughs> That's great. Well, it has been a joy and a delight to visit with you, David Itkin. I've, I'm so glad you've been in Waco. And uh, it's I know the concert of the whole week has just been uh, glorious and, and will be for our audience. Thank you. So thank you so much. Thank you for being with us. And we'll see you again on Central Texas Life. Bye-bye. Central Texas Life with Ann Harder is part of the Rogue Media family. Be sure to check out our other shows at roguemedianetwork.com. Please rate this show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Life with Ann Harder. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.